And welcome to the Life Support Live podcast, the weekly podcast that explores how Star Trek can help us to boldly go in our own lives to better ourselves and the rest of humanity. As a famous starship captain once said, and as another famous starship captain also once said, the one with the new series on the way, wherever our mission takes us, We'll try to have a little fun along the way. Always, always. That's the goal. Hi, everyone. I'm psychologist Dr. Ali Matu. And I'm Dr. Trek, Larry Nimacek. One of us is a real doctor. And we'll leave it to you to decide who that is. <laughs> hey, every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, we record this show live on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook with our audience joining in and rebroadcast here as a podcast. If you'd like to join us live, check out the links in the show notes. And now, let's engage with our regularly scheduled program, Already in Progress. Welcome welcome back, folks. Um, <laughs> gosh, these jokes, uh, Libby says. He's he did not, not have a good rest. I mean, he had a good <laughs> rest, but it was, he, could have needed, he could have taken more rest. I, I could have taken a little bit. I'm, um, I'm about, we all could have uh, had a little more rest this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm about 80, 90% there physically. Um, and I, I was sick last week, for those of you who missed last week. So uh, Larry covered for about 10 minutes. And um, I was I was off um, trying to rest, um, and it it really did help, Larry. What uh, what really helped was just to not talk that day at all. Um, I didn't have coronavirus, uh, but I did have a cold, which uh, which hit me hard. Um, but Larry, I just want to check in. Um, while that was happening, this week has been really difficult for those of us on the West Coast. Uh, it was only northern california that was really struggling with the fires that expanded out to southern california and now oregon and washington are really suffering um the worst air quality in the world right now is in oregon a lot of people have evacuated larry how are you holding up i will fine it's uh yeah a lot of our friends in the bay area you and everyone else we knew were getting those mars pictures yeah, and uh, we, I, for a few days I thought we were we were doing well down here in the South End, but um, and then we had the stupid fire, we had the gender reveal party fire, and a couple right. of other ones that were right. inevitable because we'd had a heat wave last weekend. Our thing was we were at a hundred here, right where I am. We were at one hundred and eleven and then one hundred and fifteen on Sunday, even five degrees more than places five miles away, which was very strange. But Woodland Hills was the fa- the nation news headline 121, which was weird. So we had a horrible heat wave, and then eventually the fires caught up one way or another. And the last day or two, yesterday we had really, really bad air. Uh, and I think that made national news, too. They said this yes. is first, our worst air in 30 years, worst yes. smog. Which is saying a lot. <laughs> um, it's that's not a good. Uh, well, it was like back to Johnny break. Carson 1970 smog joke levels. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I miss Johnny Carson. Um, well, to all of our viewers, if you um, if you're struggling as well with the with the fires, with the climate, um, our heart goes out to you. Larry and I are experiencing that as well. Uh, Larry, I got to say, on um, I think on Wednesday it was when um, the air quality was so poor here that you just saw orange outside mm-hmm. all day long. You had to have your lights on. If if you didn't have your lights on, you had no idea what time of day it was because it perpetually looked like a dystopian sunset. Um, it was it was quite hard. It really impacted my mood, my mental health. It was uh, 
I felt a massive sense of grief for our climate um, and the world future generations are inheriting. Um, felt better the next week, and obviously I'm super excited to be here, but um, we hope everyone watching is safe, and uh, we hope that we can take your mind off things a little bit for the next uh, couple hours and uh and uh help you to feel uh, a little a little bit better again. Um Larry, we're doing a little something differently today um in <laughs> yes. honor of trying to catch up on what we've missed out. Uh do you want to explain while in I have honor. some of my coffee black? Yeah, and my uh Dr. Pepper my diet Dr. Pepper not aspartame. I mean it is aspartame. It's not diet coke Splenda. Diet Coke Splenda disappeared at the end of March, by the way. I just want everybody to know. I'll know the pandemic is over when Diet Coke Splenda comes back. I, I kind of love that you're drinking Dr. Pepper, Dr. Trek, and this is my professional opinion as Dr. Matu. Well, back in the days, we didn't worry about such things. Dr. Dr. Pe- yeah. Um, boy, we're, get, we're getting off on the cold. We have, like, t- limited time today. We're off on the cold. Yeah, we're doing a great job of running a snappy show, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> we were going to be so snappy. Guys, here's what's going on. And and I just want to say, too, thank you, everybody. Um, thank you for, for hopping in with me last week for 20 minutes. I didn't want to try to attempt to do a full show, but I wanted to say hi to everybody and address what was going on. And, yes, and thank you, everybody, for your patience midweek when we thought we would do a Wednesday one. And schedules, especially his, uh, yeah. went really, really hairy. Uh, so here we are. So to make up for that, we are still going to try to do, we're still going to do both of our themes. Last week was going to be jealousy. Uh, again, sparked by a Lord X episode, but we expanded to the whole franchise, of course. Uh, spoiler free. And then today we're going to catch up with this last episode. Um, and last week's theme, so we're doing an hour piece. We're going to cut this down. We're going to, Sorry, nothing, nothing personal, but we're going to lean, <laughs> lean leanly on the chat, guys, to get through our points and then have a hailing frequency at the end. I'm still going to be eyeballing chat to pull things out, and, and Ali's got his finger on the trigger here since he's still producing. Um, but hopefully we'll have a good show. I am fully vested in the great new iMac here, so we'll see how things are going. Oh, okay. Oh, I was just showing the finger and the trigger. I just realized, um, uh, Larry, this might be a little uh, a remnant of my of my virus. And as someone mentioned, yeah, right. it was pro- it was probably a coronavirus I I had. It was just not the one that caused COVID nineteen. So I absolutely agree with you, Jana. Um, this is probably a remnant of it. But um, if you if you uh, notice that I did uh, jealousy and false. False pretenses, which would be a true pretense. No, uh, take, <laughs> that <laughs> take would be away. A post, or was that a post tense? Yeah, right. I I don't know, but yeah, we're doing um, we're doing two episodes today, back to back. It's going to be one stream, and we'll we'll edit it and post whatever that happens. Um, jealousy will be episode um, episode twenty one, and then false pretenses will be episode twenty two. So. Uh, yeah. And as always, if this is your first time here at Life Support Live, welcome. We are so happy to have you here. Um, the first we're... 10 minutes is very atypical, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what we are doing, um, what we do on, uh, on this, um, show is we're going to be talking about uh, one of the recent episodes of Star Trek Lower Decks. We don't go into spoilers, but we use that as a launching pad 
for talking about our larger theme today. Um, we'd love your input and comments. Uh, you're also welcome to Skype in if you want. Uh, there's mm-hmm. our Skype uh, user account. And without further ado, Dr. Trek, without further ado, why don't we open up um, the briefing room? This is where we dive into the Star Trek canon that we are discussing this week. And this week, we are um, starting our discussion with um, an episode of uh, Lower Decks. Now it feels like it was a long time ago, um, but this was an episode we saw last week. Right. Um, Larry, what was going on in this episode that uh, right. that we saw? Non-spoilers. <laughs> Non-spoilers. Well, the theme that emerged that we thought we could pull out of this and apply broadly uh Jealousy, but it was interesting. It was uh, about the time you thought there might be a sci-fi thing going on. But uh, Boimler, the 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 lead of the the lead guy of the uh, lower deckers, um, has a girlfriend for a month, and we find out about her. But uh, Mariner there is very suspicious how he can have a girlfriend so intensely, and uh, it winds up coming full circle comedically. With the sci-fi premise, but what's interesting is she and his girlfriend, who's a fairly nice person, not doesn't wind up being an alien fill in the blank after all. But um, they're both a little. It's, it's kind of cute. They're both a little jealous over him. And in another another vein, we also see that uh, that Tendi and Rutherford um, are working on the Vancouver, another ship, and their chief engineer. Oh, they're a little jealous of the cooler ship and the crew and the tech and all everything that's over there, the situation. And then it turns out that their their temporary supervisor over there um, is a little jealous of them because they have they have a lower stress ship. So I don't they, want to. Spoil they were it. really uh, jealous of the scanners. Yeah, uh, they loved the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, was... They were jealous of having the scanners, and it was a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I... Yeah, we pulled, that was my takeaway from it, but it was, it, so we kind of distilled that into, you could go different ways, but we came up with jealousy as a theme, and, which was interesting to me because looking at Star, Star Trek broadly, we're supposed to be, uh, you know, as far as like Starfleet goes, even in both centuries, well, all three counting Enterprise, but in all the centuries, <clears throat> we're supposedly dealing with, you know, more evolved humans. Um, and that was a different plateau, and it's, you know, in a meta sense, in a K3 sense, it's kind of controversial because people are, you know, writers say, how can you have drama without conflict? And if we're so damn evolved and perfect, um, how do we have conflict? And then uh, eventually some of that became, well, the conflict comes from outside because not everybody can be lovely evolved humans and lovely evolved Federation races. and. Right. And that, so that's a spectrum, right? And we could even say, well, the Andorians, the Tellarites, and much less the Romulans and Klingons and Breen and Cardassians, right. they don't are, they're not on our plane. And so they're still stuck in these, you know, like 1940s or 1960s <laughs> emotional tropes as far as rivalries and jealousies and competition for re- whatever. So there's still room for drama. But if we're sitting here trying to find specific instances of jealousy, it's it should be a little more rarefied, but then there's still plenty of examples we could find. 
You know, um, and sure Scott, you can too. Yeah, Scott says this is my favorite episode of Lower Decks uh, so far. Um, Jared uh, agrees with that, and then Linda says each new episode is my favorite. And yeah, I feel the same way. I, I really love this episode. It was um, it had a Star Trek element to it. It also had a um, it, it it had some real real themes that we're we're going to dive into, and it was also quite fun. Um, I really appreciated their, um, the love of technology that we saw here. Cause that, that I feel this is, we haven't quite seen that where characters have lusted after technology in Star Trek, which is so surprising because we do that all the time with your brand new iMac that you are on, Larry, or the new phone that you might be excited about. We get very excited about these new things, and it was so nice to finally see a Star Trek character getting excited about new technology as well. The closest we've probably seen is uh, Chief Engineers lusting after a new ship um, or bragging about their ship or the modifications they've made, but never like the small tech, mm-hmm. like uh, the new tricorders or um, the new, the new, new tri- isolinear scanner thing, whatever. <laughs> so I, I really love this episode. And um, I, I also was excited to talk about jealousy because I think there are a lot of ways in which we might be experiencing jealousy right now. Whether it is uh, seeing someone else on social media and seeing what their life is like. I have been quite jealous of other countries and how they have been managing the uh, COVID-19 crisis uh, compared to the United States where oh, you and I, thought, I are, Larry. I thought you were going to say you've been jealous of other countries of how they manage everything. But, well, okay. there's okay. that too. Yeah. There's <laughs> that that rabbit hole could go very <laughs> deep. Um, so um, whether it's just small, uh, another thing that I, I sometimes have been feeling jealousy about is uh, right now people who don't have uh, children or who don't have young children, um, and you might be sheltering in place, uh, working from home, um, and not having to also take care of a kid and parent. I've been quite jealous of, of that experience. So there, there's a lot when you are stuck in one place and consistently seeing these different experiences of others it can become quite easy to be jealous of those experiences. I, I don't know if you've been experiencing any of the same, Larry, but it's when I think about it, there's there's quite many examples that I've been I've been uh, experiencing of jealousy. I would, yeah, I would say, uh, especially since, and we've got a lot of our global friends on today. I, I that that bit about the foreign uh, aspect to yeah. America versus the rest of the world. I think maybe that even more so than. Than anything, I just I almost feel like I haven't had time to be jealous. Period. It's just like keeping my own butt up right now. It's it feels like we went from being stuck in the mud to making up time. I feel like it's funny if anybody I saw I think I think I saw a couple in the chat there that were jealous of of my new iMac. I should just say <laughs> that my old one was a 2009er that I bought yeah. furbished in 2013. So just before anybody <laughs> yeah. gets too high horsey there about it, I mean, you don't, you all have heard me talk about it for a while. Uh, so I, I don't want to keep talking about it, but um, I'm glad to have it. But I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, you know, technology, uh, whatever, porn addict. But um, yeah, so, it, but so uh, I, 
I'm um, I was jealous of people that were handling all the stri- all the technology needs, you know, and that were up on top of things when we, everything hit. So yeah. Uh, yeah, mainly mainly though around the world. Yeah, uh, and I think what Libby says. Yeah. And what Libby says here is so right on. She says, uh, I'm jealous of many with children and spouses as um, as although it, it is difficult, they aren't alone 24-7. And of course, they are jealous of me. LOL. And I, I think this is absolutely the case is when I when I inspect this further or when I talk about this with with people who don't have kids, they they talk about how much they might be struggling with boredom and being and being alone and isolation and how difficult that is. And I don't, I'm never bored. I never. Uh, sometimes I feel isolated, even even with um, my wife and daughter. But um, I can always get a hug, um, and a hug from your kid is a pretty pretty cool thing to help you to feel less alone. So. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about jealousy is it so often doesn't hold up to the facts, even if it might feel so real. You so, mean like uh, the, the grass is always purpler on the other side? Oh, wait, that's uh, that's Teller Prime. Yeah, on Earth it's green. Teller Prime. I don't know. We've never been there, so I can say that. Why haven't we been on Teller Prime yet? Um, Hashtag time for Teller Prime. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Light, life support, or not life support live, uh, lower decks, make, make it so, uh, make it so. Yeah. Um, Starfleet Boy is asking, is FOMO the root cause of all jealousy? We'll get into that um, in a moment. But uh, Larry, why don't we talk about some of our favorite examples um, beyond uh, lower decks? There's there's a lot to choose from in the canon. Um, yeah. Did you have any standouts? I mean, there might be something in beyond, since you mentioned that. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, there's, so yeah, so if we're talking about our perfect, you know, 23rd, 24th century humans, especially the 24th century, it may be a little, uh, hard to find so much, but there's one in particular. I didn't, I, it's hard. The original series, it was, I, you know, guest star situations, I'm sure, I'm sure. Well, Larry Marvig, uh, was jealous of people. Oh, I just thought of that, uh, around Miranda Jones, um, in, uh, Is There in Truth No Beauty? Hmm. But as far as things that I actually pulled images from, one that was surprising considering how quickly they backed away from it for, oh, I don't know, four or five years and then came back to it big time was originally the whole Riker-Troy dynamic. And part of the way we look at that now and say, oh, look, they set them up with that and then backed away. But in the very beginning, they only leaned on it. They leaned on it big time to the point where, uh, you know, beardless Johnny is – or. Beardless uh, Will is moping about her arranged marriage there in Haven, and um, which was a little weird to see. But it was early on they were experimenting with tones. So there's there's that. And then on the other end of the Will Riker syndrome, you actually had the jealousy between Will and Tom, you know, the transporter twins. Uh, you know, twins. I love this episode so much, Larry. This is one of my favorites. Um, I'm not quite sure why I love it. Um, maybe it's just seeing Jonathan Frakes act opposite Jonathan Frakes. Um, but I, I, I love this episode a lot. Uh, Will, Will is so, or, or Tom. Um, he goes by Tom Paris by the, or not Tom Paris. He doesn't go by Tom Paris. No, that we can talk about Tom Paris in a moment. That's but, uh, unaired. Uh, yeah, yeah. He goes by Tom Thomas Riker. His his middle name. Um, by the end of the episode, but he, 
once he gets out of that transporter loop and realizes that there's actually these two versions of him, the transporter signal reflected off the atmosphere and um, he was both materialized and on the on the ship but also rematerialized on the planet side he realizes that this other riker has had the life he thought he was going to live he went on to continue his service he um has continued to have some type of strange relationship with Deanna Troy. His life hasn't gone in, um, in the direction that, um, Thomas has had. So he's, he is quite jealous of, um, of what his, uh, his brother, his identical, I don't even know what they call each other. What do you call I, your transporter accident? Why don't we just call it your Tatch, your transporter accident twin? Your turn. I like that. Um, only in Star Trek will that term ever. And then, be if you useful. get a tattoo of your Star Trek transporter accident twin, you can have a tat tat. <laughs> right, right. And um, the other reason why I think I like that example too is we see the consequences. His his jealousy is. Um, it, it, we'll we'll talk about this in the um, counselor's log. Jealousy isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like every emotion, it has its uses. But if, if you aren't able to kind of work through that emotion, it can have huge consequences. And then we see that in Deep Space Nine when um, Tom Riker's storyline continues and how it plays out with uh, with the, the Defiant. So I, I love that example. That's a great one, Larry. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, and then it's easy. The easy thing is getting beyond. By the way, I forgot to mention this. I wore, this is the, I need to get some more green shirts. This is the only surviving, you know, post lost 50 pounds shirt, green shirt that I have. But I wore green for jealousy today. So I just sort of, ah. I just, I just wanted everybody <laughs> to know. Okay. Uh, I like that. Should we, should we talk about Tom, uh, Tom Paris since I kind of blurted his uh, name out? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. yeah well, Tom, Tom Paris is, is a good one. Um, and I think, um, um, Jared mentioned this, um, Neelix being jealous of Tom Paris, but then also, um, Scott mentioned, or Neelix being jealous of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we see this, um, uh, this is one of those romantic relationship types of jealousy, which is a little bit different than the triangle. Um, yeah. The, right, right. Um, it's a little bit different than, um, Tom Riker and Will Riker, but we see Kess and Tom Paris are working together. Tom is, is working more in sick bay. He is, um, doing all that kind of stuff. Neelix is a little apprehensive. What's going on here? Is Kess do Kess and Tom have a thing going on? It's more of your traditional romantic jealousy, but it's it's a pretty good one that that does play out over the short amount of time that we had with Kess on the show. Well, it was it was one of those things set up in the pilot, just as far as Voyager goes, that they within a season got away within a few episodes, and then certainly within the season. But it, the the upshot of that was it was like, wait, why is Neelix? Wait, oh, Neelix and Kess are a couple. Really? Right. <laughs> right, right, right. It doesn't quite. Why yeah. is he jealous of Tom? I think he's jealous of Tom over the idea that he and Kess are supposed to be a couple. Right. We never right. quite got that fulfilled. So the impact of, yeah, it didn't quite ever pan out. But anyway, it was there. It said it on the page. That was what yeah. they said. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, I like some of the examples that the chat's bringing up. Um, the Riker Wharf thing is something Heidi brings up. And Zahir's example here is a really good one um, because it doesn't involve romantic relationships. Maybe Data feeling jealous of people with emotions. And this is a cool example because it, it kind of shows how but jealousy that would be can be an emotion. Right. Right. <laughs> let's let's not think too carefully about it because then some of the writing might not make a lot of sense. But um this kind of shows how motivating sometimes jealousy can be mm. and that it um it's it can sometimes help you to achieve some of your goals which we see um which you see with data. Linda brings up Odo and Odo's jealousy of um the, uh, yes. Uh, we have that, right? I Odo's. Say, I sent you Odo's jealousness. Yeah. Oh, gosh, where's my Odo image? Um, I don't have an Odo image. I have, um, I have, uh, speaking of jealousy, I have Julian Bashir and Quark, who are quite often jealous of anyone else who's hanging around Dax. Um, Jadzia Dax in particular. Uh, speaking of Deep Space Nine, we also have um, Quark. That's, this was the one I was going to get to because this was a non, you know, the yeah. non-humans, it's easy to jump in and do that with. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about the Ferengi. Um, as uh, this is um, Libby's favorite, uh, favorite <laughs> species to talk about. Um, but the um, we see Quark jealous often of his cousin. What's his cousin's name? Cousin, yeah, uh, yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. He, the apple. He, he has a moon. He's always jealous <laughs> of his, of his cousin who yeah. has the moon. Um, but he gets quite jealous of other Fringi who are financially doing better than him mm-hmm. and the success that they have achieved and, um, feeling a lot of envy and jealousy over, over that. Quark is a really good example of, of that aspect of jealousy. That's, that's the real, that's the future FOMO. Fear of missing money out or something. Sure. <laughs> uh, we've got one more big one that I, I just find um, a, a lovely episode as well. And um, is it um, Larry Ship in a Bottle? Yes. No. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Ship in a Bottle. Right. So this is the episode where the two EMHs, um, the EMH Mark One and the EMH Mark Two meet on the Prometheus, was it? Mm-hmm. Um, Voyager's able to, they aren't able to, um. Multi-vector uh, mode. Yeah. Right, right, right. The three, that's for the ship nerds. Okay. <laughs> that's for all the lost um, fleet yards people that wandered in. Okay. <laughs> I, I really loved seeing that for the first time. But we get to see, um, the EMH, the doctor, comes into contact with um, the EMH that is likely to be his successor. And there's uh, there's je- a little bit of jealousy on both sides. First, it's really the EMH Mark I um, who's angry and surprised and thinks this kid is so dumb. But then also a little bit of jealousy that's coming into play about his ability to be on the bridge and yep. his ability to kind of openly move about the ship. Um, and then we see by the end of that episode, there's some jealousy about um, what uh, the EMH Mark I, the adventures he's had, how he's able to expand his programming, um, add new add new details to to his abilities. So that's um, it's just such a fun episode um, to see uh, to see these actors uh, just really uh, play off of each other. Mm-hmm. 
Larry, I learned a fun fact this week that Robert Ricardo played the Johnny Cab in Total Recall. Uh, yes. I yes, it's been years since I saw Total Recall, but I know that intellectually. Yeah, I did not know that until this week. And um, when you look at the Johnny Cab, it looks like Robert Ricardo. I don't, I don't know why I didn't connect the dots, um, but well, a little, that's a little. Who knew? Non-canon K3 for me. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous that you didn't know. No, I'm. <laughs> um, Libby says, um, I sometimes think O'Brien is jealous of uh, Bashir's singlehood, and then Bashir is sometimes a tad jealous of O'Brien's family. Definitely. Um, that is uh, that is wonderful. Um Jared says, ship in a bottle is a TNG episode dealing with Moriarty. Message in a bottle. Thank you. I went, yeah. Right. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. As that came out of my mouth, I went, wait a minute, that's not. <laughs> uh, the chat is always there to uh, to support us. Um, senior officers who don't quite know what we're de- dealing with here. Well, I'm, um, I'm trying to maintain uh, camera contact, not iPad contact. So, yeah. <laughs> Libby says, I think uh, T'Pol became jealous of um, the lives that humans can live. Absolutely. I think that's a, mm. that's a great pick mm-hmm. um, as well. Could Janice, never admit it. Janice Jester, jealous of James T. Kirk in Turnabout Intruder. So much she uh, she swamped bodies with him to kill him. Yeah, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a good pick. Good pick. Should we venture into uh, the counselor's log here, Larry? We should. Yeah. We should, okay. yes. Today Let's especially. Let's do that. So the counselor's log is uh, the time of the show where we uh, dive into a little bit more of the psychology of what's happening here. Um, and so today what I want to talk about is... A little bit more about emotions. And every emotion is there for a reason. Every emotion is completely valid. It's it's what you're experiencing, regardless of why you might be experiencing it. It's a real emotion that you're having. And when it comes to jealousy, jealousy always makes sense when someone is threatening to take um, something that's very important away from you. That is one situation in which jealousy is going to make sense. Um, and the other time is when an important relationship is uh, in real danger of being lost. Those are the two times where jealousy most often occurs. It makes sense. We really need to listen to it and act on it. So the struggle then, though, is well, how do I know if it's this situation or not? And so um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in our away mission. But um, I just wanted to kind of bounce this off you um, a little bit, Larry. If we took a, those examples of um, when something important, jealousy is going to make sense, when something important might be um, taken away from you or a relationship is in danger of being damaged or lost, um, it really makes me think of a few examples from Star Trek. It, it makes me think about uh, people's uh, captains' relationships with their ships. We see really uh, jealousy play out there where um, people don't want to lose that relationship they have. They don't want to lose that command. And um, it makes me think of um, 
of that as a parallel to like real life relationships that we've kind of gone through. Star Trek does a pretty good job of showing people's relationships to to ships. I'll never lose her. I'll never lose her. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, and I think that's how a lot of us feel with um, things that we might feel very close to or um, people that we feel very close to. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit more about what to do and when to act on it. That's a really short counselor's log, I know, but I'll have more to say with our away mission. So um, with that, um, Larry, let's jump into the K3. Let's do that. Oh, K3, and a very short K3 here. Um, because, again, uh, for the most part, behind-the-scenes Star Trek works pretty well, uh, works almost as well as... Um, as the on-camera Star Trek, the you know the universe of, of Star Trek fiction, uh, there's two huge cases I can think of in Star Trek history where jealousy reared its ugly head, though. And, and this is without getting too far down the rat hole of you know who on what crew is jealous of somebody else, which happened apparently, uh, all the time, obviously in a workplace environment. But two of the really famous ones. Um, and sadly, one over time, we're much more aware of than we knew at the time. Uh, well, both of them actually. The first one was just the fact that back in the original series, here's William Shatner, um, who signed up to be the lead in a show, and it was his first lead. Well, it was he had a show for a while called For the People, where he was an attorney. But Star Trek was really a high-profile show, and it was in color. Uh, and... He's the lead, and it's a big deal, and the early scripts are all about him being a lead, and he's trying to bring all this reality and gravitas to it, and, you know, all of them are acting realistically and not trying to have it be a sci-fi show and a kiddie show and all that, and they're trying to reflect what Gene wants and that be a grounded show, and who knew that in the 60s where you've got a lead, a second banana, and a bunch of other people, they don't even do the right, they don't even do the on-screen credits the way we do now. That part by the middle of the season, his, you know, the second banana in this cast is getting more as much or more fan mail than him and getting a lot of attention press wise. And yeah, so Leonard Nimoy and Spock are zooming way up. Well, so here's by the end of the first year, Spock is as popular as Kirk is, maybe right. more so. And we right. don't, and, and the, the whole zine, you know, the the zine movement of all the female writers that were latching on to Spock and sexuality of Vulcans and all of that, that hadn't, that hadn't even exploded yet. And that's the thing that carried, you know, the continuance of Star Trek into zines and clubs and conventions and bang, that's what we have it today. And while we have Comic-Con culture and all that, support so William Shatner didn't realize he was dealing with history. But in his face, right there in front of him, He's got a guy that, you know, contractually, Leonard is now asking for more money. And he's like, you want to reward the person that's helping make the show more popular. But it became a huge issue between the two of them. And eventually, I mean, they almost, uh, Leonard was threatening to leave over it if he wasn't getting, you know, his due. They even, they were making casting lists to recast Spock, including Mark Leonard on the, on those. So they finally came up with the most favored nations solution. Where basically they said, okay, basically we've got two co-leads, and it's like Kirk will always be the first of two co-leads, and money-wise, all the you know all the ego boo, whatever it, what's whatever's going on, and that's the thing that you know after that they were pretty much fine. 
until apparently very late in life. And then um, when as Leonard was basically dying the last year or two, he they they had a split and it was sad. Um, but that was a case of jealousy. But the and then the other one is much more modern. It's the one that I saw in the face, which happened on Voyager. And we're all now aware of it. The public now knows what a lot of us knew at the time at the studio, which was um, as much as she's beloved as a figure. And to her credit, as much as they've made up now and enjoy each other. But at the time, Kate Mulgrew, who was the first female captain and had all this responsibility as a role model and all that, felt like the introduction of Seven of Nine to save her show was meant to inject like some sex appeal or some eye candy into a show that she wasn't bringing herself. And she was really jealous of, of bringing in Jerry Ryan and Seven of Nine and... You know, the worst impulse there was Jerry was obviously not, you know, a bimbo in a cat suit. Uh, she made a lot of she made a ton of good magazine covers there at the beginning in this in the, you know, as a splash. But Jerry was a wonderful actress. They wrote the role wonderfully. It was a great evolution. And thank God, because that's the thing that allowed everybody to go ahead with respect. But personally, Kate was very rough on she gave. Yeah. Uh, jury hell and the rest of the cast and the crew had to stand there and put up with it uh, for years but to all of their credit they were professional and most of the audience 99% of the audience had no clue about that yeah, no idea. Yeah, and no, also yeah. to their credit here in the last 10 years as the years have gone by and that leaked out and thanks to a few people like Garrett uh, Wong getting it out there uh, you know the last 5-6 years or so and plenty of time for their their 25th anniversary that's been robbed <laughs> in a lot. You know, they pretty much yeah. made up, which is good, too, the same way that Shatner and Nimoy did, you know, uh, fairly quickly, though. They were over that within five, six, seven years, and, you know, then they were off and running, especially by the time they got into the movies. So there's two cases behind the scenes, and a lot of people knew both of those, and maybe I just spoiled it on, on the Kate and Jerry thing. Uh, maybe even the Leonard <laughs> and uh, Shatner thing, Nimoy and Shatner. But anyway, there's a case of real, some real life uh, jealousy behind the scenes. But you know, I, as I was sitting or struggling to come up with some cases, unless I go down the rat hole, like, well, there were these two guys on the set dressing crew or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unless we go down a real rat hole, uh, there was. Um, I, and I think there was probably a little jealousy when there were two shows going, like between the DS9, some of their crews, and, and Next Gen. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Marina was jealous of DS9 when they were the hot show because they got they were sli sliding them some of their budget. Um, mm. You know, there's a couple of times when Next Gen was supposed to have a lot more extras and some scenes, and they were they were finding creative budgeting, budgeting ways to throw money at DS9 so they'd have more extras on the promenade or something. And there'd be a extra scene and there'd be like the six regulars and like two guest stars and two regu two extras when they should have had <laughs> 15 or 20. So, I mean, there's little things like that. But for the most part, the behind the scenes of Star Trek, as opposed to a lot of Hollywood, was really not as subject to that as it could have been. I think those are really good examples, and they're great reminders of how how um, not only common jealousy can be, but here it can it can tie into. We, we've talked about romantic jealousy. We've talked about relationships with with ships and things, and here you're talking really about livelihood, which is getting mm -hmm. getting to um, 
a little bit of the Ferengi stuff, but um, the way in which a lot of us might experience jealousy, like someone else might get a promotion or someone else might, um, their department gets a bigger budget or, or things like this, or even um, someone has more viewers or followers or status, uh, up, uh, like likes and retweets and all that sort of stuff. I think... Mm. Um, I think you're speaking to a lot of the ways in which we um, we experience jealousy in our everyday life. So I think these are really good ones, um, especially in an industry that's as finicky as Hollywood. You know, if um, if you're William Shatner, 1960s Star Trek, and uh, you are supposed to have first billing and suddenly all the attention is on another individual, you might feel like your job is in jeopardy uh, because that's the way Hollywood does work. Um, so it's um, these are good examples. Um, uh, I, I didn't think you were going to go in this direction, um, but I'm glad you did, Larry, because this is something I think all of us can relate to. What did you think I was going to do? Uh, something that I never heard of before. This is probably the oh. first K3 where I, I have been aware of these things. But um, because I didn't expect you were going to bring this up, I'm surprised by it. You're which... still surprised. Okay. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it still worked out. So my record is intact. Okay. <laughs> Your record is intact. You have, you still have um, yet to not surprise me. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a good one. Um, thank you for that one, Larry. So let's. Um, um, well, I think there gets... were those two guys on the DS9 set dressing crew. <laughs> I could no, I'm. Oh, they're they're totally. quite quite jealous of uh, TNG's uh, the paint available to TNG yeah. versus yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's jump into our away mission here before we open up the um, hailing frequencies a little bit. So um, for the oh, <laughs> for a few minutes um so with the um away mission uh i always want to give you some some way of applying what we're talking about to your own life so you can boldly go in your own life better yourself and the rest of humanity as we'd like to say on, oh now on you chime well. in okay now i i couldn't remember at the beginning and i today um this is just like like with the false false pretenses i don't even have my notes ready today today i'm just this is a mess folks i mean Larry was talking about how we were supposed to do our makeup on Wednesday, and I couldn't get my act together. I was still recovering and depressed from the climate. It's It's been a week. But, but, I do have things to say um, that are hopefully helpful. You you decide if they're helpful or not. Um, I'm so jealous you... of the way you were able to just say your emotions right there and, oh, wait. <laughs> I just... Speaking of, thank you for that assist, Larry. Um, when it comes to jealousy and when it comes to any emotion, uh, the very first thing you want to do is really be able to identify what you're feeling. There's actually a lot of research that has shown just naming the emotion that you're experiencing it takes down the intensity of that emotion. And the reason for that is probably because as you start to name it and describe it, you're activating more of your frontal lobe. That's the part of your brain. That's the control center. <laughs> it's it's the planning part of your brain. It also presses the brakes on your emotions. So as you start to name it, you are pressing the brakes on those emotions. You're making them a little bit less intense. So 
the first part of it is just kind of knowing what happens to you when you start to feel jealous so you can describe it, label it. Like for me, I kind of get a little obsessed with something when I'm jealous. I might, um, like many years ago, I was jealous of, uh, uh, a YouTube channel that also focused on the brain psychology behavior. It's called Braincraft. And I would, obsessively check um her subscriber count and the views she was getting the topics she was uh she was focusing on um so i i realized that that is my um that's kind of where i go when i start to get uh jealous is i get really preoccupied i get really obsessed fun fact we later met at a conference we became friends v- vanessa hill is a person who runs braincraft and um, I talked to her about this, how I was so jealous of her channel. And she said, when you were jealous of my channel, I was jealous of Vsauce and Veritasium and these people who had even bigger audience than me. And they were probably jealous of bigger channels than them, like, I don't know, CutiePie or uh, stuff like that. PewDiePie, not CutiePie. So, you know, that's how jealousy works. But number one, really naming it. Number two, trying to understand, does your emotion fit the facts of the situation? So let's go back to that. I've got, I actually have my notes in paper form today here. Um, is someone threatening to take away a very important and desired relationship or object from you? Or is an important relationship um, in danger of being damaged or lost? So for me, getting obsessed with brain craft, did... Did her success in any way take away from mine? Was it threatening my channel? No, it wasn't. It's not like we're in competition for the exact same viewer. Zero we're sum. More, uh, cool. It's Yeah, it's not a zero sum. Yeah, it, we might be rivals. And rivals can influence each other and they can help each other to do, to better themselves. Mm-hmm. But it's not like we're... It's not zero sum. Absolutely, Larry. So the jealousy didn't really fit the facts. And if it doesn't, um, and, and the other thing I want to think about is, does acting on your jealousy help you achieve your goals? In this situation, no. I got obsessed with her channel, and it took me away from doing my work and focusing on what I wanted to do. So my jealousy didn't fit the facts. It also wouldn't help me to act on it either. So what do you do? Well, you got a few things. Um Practicing the opposite of the urge of jealousy. So um, letting go of trying to control other people, um, sharing things that um, uh, talking about and sharing things that you do have in your life that are meaningful to you, that you do love, things that I love about my YouTube channel, things that make me really happy about it. Um, other ways of acting opposite to the urge of jealousy. This one is really great. Stop spying or snooping on other people. So for me, Stalking. yeah, backing off on looking at all that braincraft content and comparing, um, um, that's going to be probably, uh, the biggest one, um, is, is letting go of, of trying to control sharing the things that you really like, um, and reducing some of that spying or snooping that you might have. Um, that's that's all I got, Larry, for the away mission. Any any tips or tricks you have for managing all that jealousy? I would just say that the bottom line here is uh, what was her name that had the the Braincraft uh, Vanessa Hill. Yeah, is Vanessa Hill getting to co-host a show with Doctor Trek? No. <laughs> so what do you? 
it's it's funny because we we've become friends now, and um, one of the ways in which like Tom and Neelix, oh, like Tom and Neelix. Well, one of the one of the things that I had to do is I had to get over myself. I had to stop getting obsessed with comparing myself against her, and I had to approach her and talk to her and get to know her. And um, when I did that, and when I spoke to her, I realized that she struggles with very much the same things that I struggle with. And um, we actually work together. We've worked together a number of times. Um, we, I've, I've had her on my YouTube channel. She's been on, um, I've been on hers. We've done a whole special project together. And, um, there's a lot of times she says, I wish I was a psychologist. So I could talk about these things in more detail. Her background is more, um, she studied psychology, but her background is more in, um, education and teaching. Um, so, you know, so often, the facts just don't fit the emotions when it comes to jealousy. Right. And if you're able to um, to practice some of the things these things we're talking about, you'll not only will it help you to let go of that jealousy, but you get a little bit more clarity of what's actually happening. I think I and just something that occurs to me, and and this is probably something I've done too, is if it's not so much a uh, if if it's a personified target for your jealousy, like she was for you, yeah. Um, I think it's hard, but if we can go there, what you did reaching out rather than, you know, it's the old thing about keep your, what is it? Your friends close and your enemies closer. Well, instead of not looking at them as an enemy, but maybe an eventual friend, if you can actually reach out, maybe you can knock away some of that. Some part of the jealousy may be from, from just seeing it as something. It's not a personal you know, it's an impersonal target and it's easy to, it's like, I don't know, two sides in a war. It's like, you know, it's like cultures. You're, it's easy to have an other and even, you know, it's, it's one thing to despise them or hate them or, or not like them. But if you're actually, you're the, the reason for your rift is jealousy or envy and reaching out, you know, Matt, we're stronger with you than without you. Right. I mean, right. And you right. can find a bond that can you find a way to transcend that. Cause I, I mean, I've had the same thing. It's like the years have changed and shifted. And if somebody new comes on the horizon as anything and they take off, I mean, my instinct is to, to be open minded and say, Oh, let me learn from this. What are they doing that I'm not? But then right. if that seems out of reach or maybe there's a, a thing of, you know, like, Oh, well, and there's some things you can't be, you know, it's, it's one of those things about, uh, if I, I've had people say this. It's like, I say, oh, I wish, same, kind of the same thing. Oh, I got into YouTube late. Um, you know, I was leaning on everything else, but now that's the currency of modern time and viewer count. And as you know, I mean, I'm yeah. jealous of you and your damn 80, 90,000 YouTube. <laughs> but I got in late and I say that to one or two of the young, but I've, and I've since reached out to some of them. Hopefully we'll do some projects together, but you know, I didn't say this, but you say you, if you kind of say, oh, well, I, you know, and they're like, Oh my God, uh, I, I haven't written a book or two. I wasn't yeah, there yeah. when, you know, and you realize that there's room for mutual jealousy both ways. The same thing with you were just saying, but you don't yeah. get to that point until you at least make the effort to reach out, you know, and be reminded that we all have our strengths. You, you have to have first contact, right? You have to have, first, you have to make contact to, to or get even to second that point. contact. 
Or even second. Yeah, yeah, right. As a Cerritos. Got to do the paperwork. Cerritos does. Um, Yeah, you're absolutely right. And um, it's... It can be a hard thing to make that um, contact. I think in COVID times, it's a little bit easier to talk and connect with people than actually it was before. Um, but w- one of the biggest things that's really helped me, Larry, is um, is is thinking of other people as as rivals instead of uh, competitors, um, and moving from it's not zero sum, but um, we can we can learn from each other, we can help each other, and still be rivals, and that's great. Um, some of the greatest rivalries in history, there was a, such a profound respect for, um, for your rival and you were able to learn so much from each other and they were able to kind of better your game. And, um, that's definitely how I felt about, um, um, Vanessa's channel, Braincraft, and my channel, The Psych Show, is there's things that we both excel at. There's thing, there's ways where we can work together. There's ways where we can, um, help each other to do our jobs better. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's that. Let's, uh, let's do, um, some high notes from the hailing frequencies and then I we're gonna jump into. There's a lot of good stuff as we got into talking about, um, the fixed pin. Huh. Yeah, um, uh, uh, Scott here, said, um, some of my favorite advice about jealousy and self-doubt is to just mm-hmm. do you, because that's what makes your product, in the case of your channel, different from everyone else, and it's also what makes people watch your channel instead of someone else's. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is one of the things, Scott, is um, no one else can be me, no one else can be you. Um, it, I, I do think it takes years and years to get to that point, because we spend so much time trying to figure out who we are and copying what other people are doing and doing what we think other people want us to do, which we'll get into with false, false pretenses. Well, but, I, uh, yeah, I'm jealous of anyone who lived before the 2010s because our, <laughs> whose conversation about jealousy didn't automatically go to YouTube viewer numbers and subscriber numbers and, and status. It's like uh, we've I'm, all gone there because everybody understands that as a, as a currency now, no matter what. Yeah. Side of the camera yeah. I mean, I think at some point we should do an episode on status um, and and thinking, numbers yes. and and popularity because there's a lot to discuss there about what's a healthy popularity and what's more status obsessed yeah. popularity. Facebook likes be, and yes, yeah, all yes. of that. There's like a lot the, of really cool research the Orville on that. episode that tried to take take that on. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of my favorite Orville episodes. Is the one. About the, the the civilization that their whole life was based around, you know, social popularity, social channel popularity. Libby has very much a promenade example. Um, I have a vintage market booth. I was getting very jealous of my fellow vendors who have these magazine shoot like staged booths until several customers said they they love my booth and it doesn't look as fakely staged like the others. I mean, this is the thing is when when we are able to really lean into who we are. That does resonate with other people who like those values and like that person that you are. Um, it takes a lot of courage to lean into who you are, though, and, and to, to share that with the world. So that's awesome, Libby. I'm, I'm so glad you've had that feedback. Uh, I like this one comment back up here, ways Jared was talking about. He said, I, I can tell you stories from my time as a convention organizer where actors refused to go out on stage during opening and closing ceremonies because of billing order. Like, no, oh. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not going now. <laughs> I'm going second to last. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, that's a great point. It's it's a it's a really great point. That's just branding. That's not jealousy. That's just maintaining a consistent marketing brand. <laughs> uh, Tim says John Lennon sang it best with his song "Jealous Guy." Um, John Lennon always get got it right. Um, absolutely. Scott's got another comment here. If you're like me, you're sometimes experience jealousy, but you're simultaneously not a competitive person. So it's a difficult combo of you're doing this better than I am and uh, you're not even trying. And um, I don't have the drive and sense of competition to build up my own self uh, worth. Um, yeah, well, Scott, that kind of just points to how common and universal jealousy is. And just feeling jealous is not a bad thing. It's I think people, Larry, I think people feel the same way about jealousy as they do with anger, that it's an emotion that maybe you should avoid and fear and um, you right. shouldn't if it's have. It's a negative and yeah. It's well, a negative. Yeah. 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 But anger has its purpose. When, when that's they, such a Vulcan attitude. What are you? What oh, are you, it's so uh, Vulcan. What it's are you, a, so... 70, a 1971 <laughs> fan fiction writer? Come on. What do you, you know? You know, sometimes we need, we all need to lean into our inner Tellarite and just say it as it is and get it off our chest. These emotions are there for a reason. And, um, sometimes we just, we just need to express them and or share them. And scratched face, them. evil half captain. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Jared says rivals. There's quite literally a DS9 episode about Quark's jealousy and another bar called rivals. <laughs> we got about that. I, well, I thought of that, but it was like, are we going to have one more cork? Uh, I know, I know. We could spend so much time, um, so much time wow, diving Star- into that. I'm, can I just be shocked here? Yeah. Starfleet Boy on YouTube is referencing a Jim Reeves lyric, which I'm blown away because I thought I was the only one left in humanity that was, especially in this crowd, that would know who Jim Reeves was. But okay, yay. A stranger is just a friend you do not know. Uh, love it. Um, and thank you, Starfleet Boy, for, uh, for subscribing to the Psych Show. I got a new video coming out this week. Uh, Jared, I know you've been very patiently waiting. Larry, I looked last night. I have not come out with a new video, um, a new regular video since we started Life Support Live. Correlation or causation? I don't I'm know. Sorry. Hey, I, I feel know, lucky that we got even got you for Life Support Live. How, uh, because of the, what's the name of the other show that you're working on? Oh, self-evident. PBS is self-evident. Yeah, we got a we got a great episode coming out on Monday. It's about music. Um, I think you all are gonna love it. Check out um, PBS Voices for that new episode. It's coming. That's out on. It's soon. PBS, but it's online. It's not. Yes, like- it's all for free. All all online on um, PBS Voices, the YouTube channel. Um, Larry, we got a second episode to dive into. Yes. Should we uh, recalibrate um, the warp core and uh, take a trip around the sun and um, also invert the transporter uh, and get um, the... I'm thinking of flipping to short-range sensors and... um... (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Life Support Live podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on this episode. I'm at Alimatu on social media. And I'm at Larry Nemechek. Hey, if you like this show, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review. It'll help more people to discover life support. And you can join the community at our Life Support Live Facebook group. If you'd like to learn more about psychology and mental health, check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the psych show. And for a deeper dive into all things Trekland, 
like Portal 47, check out Larry Nimichek's Trekland on Facebook and YouTube. Until next time, live long and prosper. Trek well, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>